Yeah, it is another great day for a podcast session with the Master of Passive Income podcast. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm recording. Today is actually a Monday. And you know what? A lot of people say, you know what? Mondays are horrible. You know, Sundays roll around, and Sunday evening I get depressed because I got to go to work. And Mondays are horrible because it's the first day of a long week where you're working for somebody else, making them money while you're just slaving away. Well, I don't have that problem anymore. Now, I know there are many of you out there that are listening to this that actually have that problem of having a job. Trust me, it's a problem to have a job. I was 37 years old when I quit my job, and I was working ever since I was like 13 years old. So many, many years, and I know many people have worked even longer than that, but how amazing is it to be on a Monday not having to go to work, and now I'm just sitting here talking to you because I was thinking, you know what? I don't have anything else to do. Let me just help other people invest in real estate. And this got me remembering one of my favorite movies. Let me play a clip from you talking about Mondays. No, not again. Why does it say paper jam when there is no paper jam? I swear to God, one of these days, I I, I just kick this piece of out the window. You and me both, man. The thing is lucky I'm not armed. Piece of Sam, I... Now, wasn't that clip awesome? That was from the movie Office Space. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend you seeing it. It's absolutely fantastic. You will love it. Even if you don't have a desk job where you're sitting behind a desk working all day, if you have a job, you're going to absolutely appreciate it. So today we're going to be looking at the five steps to increase your passive income. Your passive income is what allows you to quit your job. All the money that I'm making from my real estate rental properties puts money in my pocket every single month so all my bills are paid for, all the traveling that I want to do. Like, let's say I want to go to Japan for six weeks. Well, I've got that paid for. Let's say I want to go all through Europe. Well, I got that paid for. Or Alaska, like I just did last, you know, a couple weeks ago. I got all that paid for. Because I have money coming in my pocket, I don't need a job. 
That's our goal here at Master Passive Income is get our businesses so big so that we don't have to have a job and slave away. And again, this is a Monday. I look forward to Mondays because these are days that I get to record my podcast and get to be here with you guys. So thanks for being along with me. Let's get started. Let's look at how to increase our passive income with real estate rental properties. All right, guys, let's do this. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, let's get started. Now, today I have something super special for you guys. Recently, I did a webinar for a company and their paid subscribers. Now, this webinar, I talked all about the five steps to increase their passive income in their real estate rental properties. Now, in this webinar, I share how I built my business to where now I have 34 properties where I'm making thousands and thousands of dollars every single month just because of the properties making money for me in the form of rent going in my pocket. Now, I share how I quit my job as well as how they can do it too. So today, I'm going to have you guys listen to this webinar that I put on, sharing every bit of this content to you for free. And the people who were on this webinar were paid subscribers. So you're getting this. So you're getting an awesome deal, obviously, because it's free for you guys, my podcast listeners, because I appreciate you guys. Also, if you go to my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 025, I even have the webinar in its entirety with the questions and answers on there for you to watch as well, because I'm super excited that you guys are here with me and I really appreciate it. Let me play one more quick clip for you from the movie Off Space. It's probably one of the best lines when it comes to the movie, which are tons of great lines in there. But this one, it refers to Mondays and having the case of the Mondays. Let me ask you something. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. And also these videos from Office Space will be on my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 025. All right, now let's get started where we look at the five steps to increase your passive income in this webinar that I put on. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. I really, really appreciate you spending the time with me as I'm able to um, share with you how I built my business and how I was able to um, effectively quit my job after nine years of investing. So I started back in 2007 buying property after property, and I was able to quit my job. And it's been um, just a whirlwind and, and great, terrific fun. And so let me get started. Now, it looks like there's still some people jumping on the, um, the webinar. So as I'm going to be going through this webinar, I want you to be thinking about and, and to yourself, like, how do you see yourself growing your business and making more passive income by acquiring more properties and figuring out ways to acquire these properties through financing or other means like seller financing or um, liens or you know tax liens and things like that. Start thinking about how you can get more properties. And after I bought my very first property, it, it was almost like I was um, hook, line, and sinker. I was caught because that passive income that came in every single month, every month I was able to put money in my pocket because all of the rent coming in 
covered all my expenses, including my mortgage on the property, and the rest of that was going in my pocket. So I really, really appreciate you guys being here with me today. So let's jump into the five steps to increase your passive income. Again, my name is Dustin Heiner. Um, my site is masterpassiveincome.com. I love it if you guys ever go, go and check it out. So let's get started. Now, an introduction, a little bit about me. Um, I want to give you guys a quote first. Andrew Carnegie said, 90% of all millionaires became so through owning real estate. It's absolutely true. Now, obviously, we know um, Andrew Carnegie said this a, a number of years ago. Now we have all the tech boom and all that sort of stuff. So it's a little different. But the principle holds true that millionaires are made through real estate. And I want to help you to, to learn how to do that. Now, a little bit about me. That's my wife and my lovely wife and my four terrific kids. Um, we love to travel. And this is us at the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Um, this, this year in March, we took a trip around Europe. We went through 11 different countries. It was a six-week trip. It was a tremendous fun. So let me tell you a little bit more about me. So I'm the founder of Master Passive Income. I also grew up in Fresno, California. If you think of Fresno, it's north, south, east, and west, very dead center of California. And then I'm currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. So I was able to quit my job and up and move my entire family without getting a job in Phoenix because I wanted to be closer to my in-laws, my kids, so they can see their um, her, my wife's parents as much as possible. But I didn't need a job because I had money coming in. And I was able to go on this six-week trip because I had an automatic business because I had property managers running my business. So my wife, my lovely wife, uh, Melissa, married her 12 years, raising uh, four kids. I've started many, many businesses. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And what's actually um, interesting is I started so many businesses, even uh, a skateboard manufacturing business to a retail shop, a retail establishment. And all those other businesses were so hard. And the easiest one that made me the most money and I didn't have to do any work is the one that I was able to take off with and um, forget all those other businesses and stick with real estate. And so the real estate's my business now and I focus heavily on that one. So I began investing in real estate in 2007, just before the crash. I just started learning. I just started looking into properties, said, oh man, my goodness, in California, the properties are really, really expensive. I can't make any cash flow. So I went out and bought properties in Ohio, a whole other, very, very far away. And so um, I'll tell you all about that too in a little bit. Also, I currently own 34 rental properties. Um, just in February, I bought three single family homes and a duplex off of an investor who was looking to um, invest more money into his wine and um, uh, viticulture company that he has. And so I bought those properties off of him. And I'll tell you how I bought those properties and, and fill you in on this whole entire process. Also, I quit my job in 2016 to live the life of my dreams. It's fantastic. I also travel all the world with my family. Give you a couple quick uh, pictures. So this is us in Brussels. We went to Brussels as beautiful country. Another one went to Austria. The Alps are amazing. Like I'll pause this. If you ever get a chance to see the Alps, it is amazing. This picture does not do any justice to the Alps. We absolutely loved it there. So we went to the Alps and the um, saw those as just fantastic. We went to England, also to Edinburgh, which is in Scotland. Went to Switzerland, 
and Sea of Galilee. This is where Israel in Israel. We also went to Japan the year before. Took another six week trip the year before with my dad. That's my dad in the top right. But we went to Japan for six weeks. Traveled all through Japan. Here's me in the Grand Canyons. Um, this is Ireland. We went and visited Ireland as well. This is Yosemite in California. So we love to travel. I mean, did I say we love to travel? We absolutely love to travel. And just recently, I went to Alaska. Like last week, I went to Alaska and was able to fish for an entire week and had a fantastic time. So we love to travel, but I'm able to travel because of the business that I built, because I was able to buy property after property and increase my passive income because I was able to focus on buying more properties and had the ability to buy more properties. So the key to how I built my business, my real estate business, this is the key and a lot of you already know this this term and have probably used it, but the key is leverage. The key is leverage and the five steps that I'm gonna give you incorporate using leverage. So it's basically using other people's money and finding the money from anywhere, from you know, from your dad or your friends, a family, or a banker or an investor, using other people's money. Now what's great is I have 34 properties, but now, after I have built my business, I think I only have four loans on all my properties. All the other ones are I own cash because my cash flow was built up so much that I was able to pay off notes. And now I have just the cash coming in without mortgages on the properties. So I use other people's money. And then after so long, I was able just to pay off those notes and continue to build my business. All right, so let me show you how I bought my first 19 properties in eight years. And this is how I quit my job, was buying these properties. So my first property in 2007, I bought it for cash, $17,000 for cash. Remember, this was in Ohio. I lived in California and I knew those prices were ridiculous in California in 2007. So I really wanted to get started. So I went to Ohio. Don't ask me how. I mean, I'll explain it to you, but it'll take too long to explain it. But I bought a property in Ohio for $17,000 in cash. The rental income was $550 a month. I mean, wow, that's a lot of money coming in every single month, especially, you know, after two or three years, I'll have all my money back, back in my pocket. So here's the property um, in Ohio. It snows there a ton. Um, I'm living in um, Arizona now, so I don't experience any of that. But um, my properties do, and my tenants enjoy it. You know, obviously they get a great place to live. Now here's the key. I refinanced $20,000 cash out and pulled the cash out of the property so I can then invest that. Now, here's what you're, you might be thinking. Well, you know, how do you do that? How do you pull more money out? Well, in 2007, remember, this was right before the market crash. And so they were giving loans out left and right, you know, the, the um, undocumented loans, you know, where you don't have to document your income and all that sort of stuff. Well, um, because I had the appraisal was so much more than what I bought it for. I bought it off an investor um, and no, I'm sorry, it wasn't an investor. It was a bank. It was an REO. I bought it as an REO and I was able to refinance and pull $20,000 out because the appraisal came back at like 35000 So I was able to pull cash out and I got a bank to lend me the money. Now, my next property, the second property, I bought for $18,000 in cash and 
the rental income was $550. Now here's my property. Now it looks not as good as the other one, but this is a better area. So I got better, better rents. It's, it's a decent property, even though the, the picture doesn't look that great. My tenants love, are really appreciative of being in there. But, um, so $18,000 in cash, like total. Remember I bought the first one for $17,000 refinance, pull $20,000 out, took 18,000 of that, bought my second house, still had $2,000 in my pocket and was making a rental income of $550. Now, if you put those two together, that's $1,100 a month of rent coming in, minus property management fees, minus taxes, insurance, all that sort of stuff. I was pocketing about $800. And then my note for that $17,000 was only, I want to say it was like $170. So I was pocketing close to $650 from two properties with only one note. Then with this second property, I refinanced and pulled out $24,000 in cash out. Again, uh, the appraisal was higher and I was able to pull more cash out. And here's the great thing. On my third and fourth property, I bought them for $9,000 and $11,000. Now remember, this is right when the crash is happening. So the, the prices just dropped. But I had that $24,000 that I was able to use to buy these next properties. Rental income was $500, $550, as well as here's here's the pictures of the two different properties that I bought. Um, one I bought off of a wholesaler, another one I bought off the MLS. Um, and then the fifth and sixth property. So I did not refinance those two I, I because I was able to buy those cash. Now I... Um, able to start saving money and was able to buy the fifth and sixth property for $6,500 and $7,200. Now you're thinking, wow, you can buy a property for $6,500 cash or $7,200 cash. Well, yeah, absolutely. In 2009, the market was really down. Now these price, these homes are selling for maybe $30,000, $40,000. But I praise the Lord, I was able to get in there really, really low. And I was able to buy this these two properties with a credit card. So this is like literally like maybe two weeks before the market crashed. I was able, I received a letter from a credit card company and said, hey, we'll give you a, for the life of the balance of a credit card cash advance, we'll give you um, $14,000 was my credit limit, um, 0.3%. I thought to myself, that is cheap money. Like that, that's almost free money. Of course, yes. So I pulled $14,000 cash and I bought these two properties with it. To basically took out the $14,000 of rental income, $450 for one, $500 for the other. And here are the two properties that I bought. And so as you can see, I'm just thinking of creative ways to get financing to buy more properties because the whole goal was to get more properties. And what you want to do is make sure that you have passive income coming in your pocket every single month. Now, my expenses did not go above my income. My expenses were still really low. That $14,000 property that I, or $14,000 credit advance that I got from my credit card, I want to say the payment was only $220 a month or something like that. And it went lower and lower every after every single month. And so it was for the life of the balance. So I said, absolutely, I'll take that deal. And so basically, I think I was pocketing maybe $700 from these properties because I took out the cash advance. And so I was able to build my property business 
up so quickly because of using leverage and using other people's money. Now, here are other ways that I bought properties, and there are many different ways. These are just, just a few of them. Um, I saved money from the monthly cash flow to buy more properties. My whole goal in life was to quit my job. I just really wanted to be my own boss. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, like I told you at the beginning. And I, I kept sacrificing, you know, going on uh, trips or eating out fancy dinners or anything like that because I wanted to buy more properties so I had more money so I didn't have to depend on my job. I knew at any given time I could get laid off or fired, so I wanted to be independent. Now, I borrowed, like I said, $14,000 from my credit card, but also I also borrowed from my father $14,000 because he had some in savings or like an IRA and he was um, doing some work on, on some other investing. And I said, hey, can I borrow $14,000? And I bought more properties with that $14,000. Um, I also have done seller financing, done plenty of those. Seller financing is fantastic. You give the seller, the basically the seller becomes the bank and you're paying them the mortgage payment, the, the rent payment, or sorry, yeah, the mortgage payment, and the rent comes in and pays for that mortgage. I've also done home equity loans, like my personal house, I think I had like $100,000 in credit, or, or sorry, equity. So what I decided to do was I had to talk to my wife and I had really, you know, gently coax her into doing this. She She's very risk averse, I'm much more risk tolerant. But um, I talked her into allowing me to pull out, I think it was $45,000 and I bought more properties with that. Um, and what's really quickly with the home equity loan, it increased our, that home equity loan of $45,000 increased our mortgage payment by like, I wanna say $250, maybe $300. But I was able to buy four properties that made me a total of $2,000. So in the grand scheme of things, that interest payment that went up or the total payment for that home equity loan was paid off by the tenants, paid off by the rents coming in, and I was pocketing close to $1,500 a month from those four properties. Also, I've used bundle loans where you bundle four, five, 10 properties together to mortgage all those and get more money to buy more properties. I've also used blanket loans. Blanket loans are very similar to bundle loans. Blanket loans, you they can... Um, each property can be separated or put together. It's a whole different thing. Talk to a, a mortgage broker. Um, commercial loans, I've also used commercial loans. FHA loans, a Federal Housing Administration loans, I've used those. They're 3.5% down. Um, so that's basically the, the thinking of using leverage. Now, using other people's money strategy, and it basically has a risk um, factor that comes into play. So we, I want you to think about this and ask yourself a question. How tolerant are you to risk and causing of leverage and having money come out of your pocket? Can you tolerate the risk of leverage? If you can, then you're able to grow your business really well as long as you do it right, as long as you have everything accounted for in your expenses so that your income from one property will cover all the expenses and put money in your pocket. Now, I'll give you a little example. My wife is, like I said, completely risk adverse. She hates debt. She hates, um, you know, having any debt in our in our names. She was raised, um, God bless um, her parents. They were fantastic. Um, he, her, her dad was a teacher and her mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so they were very, very risk adverse. And when I started talking to her about my idea to start a business, as well as using leverage, she was very, very concerned. And so the very first property that I bought, I had to walk her through everything. Obviously, we were spending $17,000 of our own cash. Like we just got married, a little history about that. We just got married, six months later, I took all of our money, like literally every penny, $17,000. I even tried to save up more because I had to get more. 
bought the first property, didn't have any more money and was praying that the passive income was going to start coming in and my wife wouldn't kill me for taking all our money and, and losing it. So praise the Lord. After that, I was able then to make passive income and then continue to build the business. So in my little tip for you guys, it's not on the slides here, but a little tip. If you have a spouse or somebody that's close to you that's really risk averse, the strategy that I took with my spouse was with my wife was telling her every bit of the business from beginning to end, giving her all the income, all the expenses. This is what's going to happen with this. Let her ask questions. Let her pick apart every bit of my business because it really helped me to dial in what my business actually was. On top of that, it got her very, very um, not comfortable, but not avoiding. Like she, she said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to trust you. Let's let's do it. It sounds like it's going to be okay. And like I said, praise the Lord, we're now able to live the life we have because we were able to um, get past the tolerance of risk. So can you tolerate the risk of leverage? If you can, you can dramatically grow your business. Like I said, how I grew my business. So my risk tolerance allowed me to make in just eight years, $9,500 in gross rents, as well as $6,500 in monthly net profit from those properties. And in eight years, I was able to quit my job because I used leverage, because I used this the five-step strategy that I'm going to give you in just a second in order to build your business. Now, this five-step strategy I've used many, many times, um, and I would encourage you to do this. In fact, the five-step strategy, I use it on my very, very first property. Now, here are the five steps to increasing your passive income. These are the five steps. They're not mind-blowing. They're very, very simple. But when you implement them, man, it's fantastic how dramatically your passive income will grow. So the five steps are first one, buy a property. Obviously, easily buy a property. Now you could use a mortgage. You can buy it with cash. You can use seller financing. You can borrow from your dad or your brother. Or you can basically acquire a property. Next one, rehab the property. So rehab the property, get it ready. Don't fix it up to where it's the beautiful um, house on the most beautiful house on the block. On the block, you want to make it so that's rent ready, so that tenants will be blessed to live there, but not overdo it to where you're wasting money because it's not going to come back in returns on your rent. Then you rent the property, you find a tenant or get a property manager or a leasing agent, get a tenant in there and rent out the property so it starts making passive income. Then after that, you refinance the property and pull cash out. Or if you bought it with all cash, pull your money back out like I've done and I'll show you how I've done it many, many times. So buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and they, then basically you repeat it, you recycle your money over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've recycled my money by pulling money out of a property that I owned and used it to buy another property. And then once that was um, had enough equity, I pulled that money out of that property, then bought another house. And like I said, out of the 34 uh, properties that I own, I want to say I only have four mortgages on all those properties um, or four mortgages on, on four properties and all the other ones I own cash because I was able to pay everything off. So these are the five steps. Now let's get into a little bit more about the benefits. They're the benefits of the BRRRR strategy. You can buy properties cheaper if you're paying cash. Now, like I said, I bought my first property for $17,000. I know $17,000 is a lot of money. It's a lot of money to me. And it was back then, especially it was all of our savings. My wife and I just got married and I was you know, spending it all on, a, on investment property. But you can buy properties cheaper when you're paying cash. So let's fast forward a little bit. 
Think about you already having one property or two properties, or just look at your own private home. If you have $100,000 equity in your home, if you pull out a loan or a refinance that property and you pull some cash out and then buy a property with that cash, then you have cash to buy a new property. And that money coming in from your new property that you're buying, your new investment that you're you're buying is going to pay off the mortgage you just pulled out, the refinance you just pulled out, it would pay that off and then on top of that make you money. So you bought a house with cash. There are many different ways to do this. Now, also, when you buy a rental property with conventional financing, you need to put 20% of the purchase price down to buy the property. For a $100,000 property, you have to spend $20,000 to get a mortgage. Now, when you look at the, the strategy of the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat, if you used cash and then pulled your cash out, you don't have to worry about putting that down payment. Now, I agree or I completely understand putting down you know $50,000 on a house is more than 20, but imagine pulling $60,000 out where you put $10,000 in your pocket or use it to invest in something else because the after repair value, ARV, after repair value is more than you bought it for, so you pull out even more money than what you currently have in the property. Also, you can potentially have none of your own money in the property and receive cash flow every single month. I've bought many properties where literally no money out of my pocket was put down. It was all from other properties. Next, you can repeat the process until you get 10 properties, which is a max amount of mortgages you can have in one person's name. So do it 10 different times and get 10 different mortgages where hopefully you're making on 10 properties $200 a month on each one of the properties, maybe $250 a month. Well, if you're making $2,000 to $2,500 in passive income, in positive cash flow in your pocket, that's absolutely worth getting those mortgages. Also, buy properties that are conventional mortgage are not able to. I gave example, and I'll show you a picture of it in the, in the next couple slides, that I bought a property in Houston and it needed septic work. Basically, the septic system was broken. So no mortgage company would allow a mortgage on it because it was unlivable, uninhabitable. And so I was able to buy it cash, fix up the, the septic system, and then refinance and pull all the cash out and pull even way and above what I put into it. Also, you can increase your passive income dramatically over a very short period of time. Now, in I actually could have quit my job in five years. That's really what it comes down to. I could have quit my job in five years, but I was chicken. I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't ready for it. I didn't have enough money in the time in my in my head. But over time, I had enough money and enough guts to quit my job at eight years. I was able to quit. Now I'm gonna give you a pro tip number one. I'm gonna give you lots of pro tips. But if you're a pro, these are some tips that will help you in this process. Depending on the type of loan, the costs of the purchase can be added into the amount. So all the costs involved, meaning closing costs, repairs to get it fixed up, um, first year's insurance, first year's taxes, etc. All these costs involved in buying and fixing up and getting the house ready to rent can be added into the loan amount. Now, I know some people might be thinking, well, you know, you're, you're amortizing that over 30 years and you're going to pay a lot of interest on that. Well, you know what's funny? You're not paying that. Your tenant is paying that, the mortgage is paying in that, and you're paying the mortgage by the rent coming in. So you're not paying that at all. And we're looking at putting as little money out of your pocket as possible so you can invest more or travel the world or do whatever you want. So that's your pro tip. You want to 
put all your closing costs, repairs, uh, insurance, taxes the first year into it as much as you can so that you can have that uh, paid off over 30 years. Let me give you another pro tip. Pro tip number two, buy 10, 10 of your properties, buy 10 in your personal name, then buy 10 in your spouse's name. So that's a you know federal law is you can only have 10 mortgages in your name. Well, if you're, if you're married, have 10 in your spouse's name. So you have 20 properties. That's very, very simple. And uh, many, many of my students actually do that. Now, um, you can also get a partner and put 10 in their name. Now, I parentheses, as long as you trust your partner, because if it's in their name, they could do whatever they want with it. Um, so just be be cautious of that. But put 10 in your name, put 10 in another person's name, and you can get as many of these as you can up to the, the limit. Now, the key to the BRRR strategy, here's the ultimate key that I want to give you, is make sure you account for a future mortgage expense. Now, when you look at your expenses, you're going to look at obviously taxes, you're going to look at insurance. If you have a property manager, which I highly um, suggest using a property manager, I love property managers, they do all the work for me. But you also want to make sure that when you're buying a property, that you can have the mortgage expense taken out. So if I'm going to buy a property that it rents out for $1,000, I'm going to make sure my property management fee, taxes, insurance, any other expenses are accounted for. And I look at how much money I can potentially pull out of the property and go on, you know, uh, some some website, actually my website, I have a a mortgage payment calculator that'll pop out the number of how much or how much you're going to be paying per month, depending on the term, the rate and all that sort of stuff um, and how much you're borrowing. And then you make sure that's included in your expenses beforehand. Um, You want to make sure that that is accounted for because the last thing you would want to do is only be making, I don't know, $100 a month and not have a mortgage because you bought the the property too high, like you paid too much money for it. And then now you get a mortgage on it and you're going to be going, um, getting in the negative where you're actually putting money out of your pocket. The whole key for investing is putting money in your pocket. Every single property you buy, buy with putting money into your pocket. Now, here's another pro tip I'm going to give you. Expenses. So income minus expenses is your profit. I know you guys are all investors. You guys completely understand that. But I wanted to, just in case somebody doesn't understand this, you want to make sure that your profit is going to be coming into your pocket and there's not going to be money coming out of your pocket. So make sure that you have things like yearly taxes, your insurance, your property manager, your mortgage, your vacancy factor. Like if you're going to have a vacancy, you got to make sure that you account for that. Um, usually five to 10% is a good number to have. Capital reserves, making sure that you're prepared for you know a furnace going out or something like that. You want to go through and look at all your expenses. So there's a pro tip. I want to make sure you guys, when you're buying a property, your next property that you buy, go through every expense and add in the mortgage factor of payment coming out of your pocket as if it's already coming out of your pocket in order to buy it. Now, the best part of leverage. This is absolutely the best part. I've alluded to it. I actually said it just a few minutes ago. Your tenant pays off the mortgage. They, they're the ones that pay the mortgage for you. Isn't that fantastic? You're not paying it out of your pocket. If you think, wow, it's a bummer. I'm, you know, I have to get a $400 a month payment that I have to pay every single month. Well, it's not you. It's the tenant that's paying the mortgage as well as a property manager. So if you got a mortgage of $200,000, an FHA loan, this is just, just an example of using leverage, an FHA loan of 3.5% down for a $200,000 mortgage is $7,000 down payment. That's not 
I mean, it's a lot of money, but you can save up for a year, two years, and actually save up that money to make a down payment on that property. But here's the great thing. Tenants pay the balance of the $193,000 of that property plus all the interest, plus all the interest that you're gonna be um, charged by the bank. Now, a quick caveat, an FHA loan, you actually have to live in the property for a year. So give you an example. This is how I teach a lot of students in order to get started buying properties buy a property with an FHA loan, pretty three and a half percent down, move into the property, live there for a year while you're saving up more money for a next investment. After a year, buy a uh, refinance your property. After one year, refinance the property, pull it out of an FHA, buy another one FHA with three and a half percent down, move out of this first house into the second house. So you're now living in the new FHA property and you rent out your old house. So you can do that over and over and over again. So giving you an example that mortgages are paid off by your tenant and how you can continually go, you can continue to go from property to property and grow your business very, very quickly. Now let's go through this step by step. We've already talked a lot about it, but I wanna make sure we go through it. So the BRRRR strategy, step by step. So step number one is you buy the property. Now, it sounds really simple, or I the way I say it comes across is very simple. I know it's extremely hard. Me buying my first property was the hardest property to buy. Then when in February, when I bought three single family homes and duplex, it was like you know, a walk in the park. I, I didn't even think about it. I said, okay, here's the money and let's let's do it. Um, I got part settle financing for that and part cash. It, was, it worked out great for both the seller and myself. But buying the property, let me give you some examples of how you can buy the property and to actually teach you how to buy the property is going to go way beyond the scope of this webinar. I'm just walking you through this. And I also do have um, all the information on my my website, masterpassiveincome.com that will walk you through this stuff in, in depth. So we're not going to do that, but I'm just going to walk through this, the types of ways that you can buy properties. So there are many ways to buy properties, even if you have little to no money. First, obviously cash. That's the the easiest and best way that you can buy properties. And then, like I said, refinance, pull the money out. That's that's an easy way to, to look at it. Next one, if you just got a regular mortgage, if you just went and put 20% down, you can buy a property. Now, what's interesting about with the cash and the mortgage is whatever equity is in the house, you can pull that cash out. You know, if you bought a house with a mortgage and after two years, you have $50,000 in equity, well, think about pulling that out and buying a property so that you start making passive income. Home equity lines of credit are really, really great ways to utilize the equity, but then also not pull out a full-blown mortgage. You actually pay down the credit and the payments go down. And so you go, you can, it's like a credit card, basically, using your house as collateral. A home equity loan, like if you got a second loan on your property, which I've done many times, um, you can actually get a whole brand new mortgage that is on a second to your first mortgage. Another way to pull money out of your current property or any properties you have. Delayed financing. Here's a huge one that is fantastic. Delayed financing is terrific. And the big reason why it is, is you don't have to wait the waiting period of a year in order to use the new appraised value. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. So delayed financing, that basically is you buy something with either cash or hard money or something like that. And then you have a bank do delayed financing and you can really quickly get into a mortgage. 
Seller financing. I've loved using seller financing. Um, you just need to be able to find a seller that's going to be able to do that with you. Um, bundle loan, bundle all these properties together, pull out one loan. Um, commercial loans. There, you can use commercial loans as long as you know you have a business that's growing that the the company or the bank would see. Hey, this is a company that I want to work with. I have commercial loans too. Um, also, portfolio loans. Um, a good example of portfolio loan basically is banks lend out like think of bank of america you get a mortgage through bank of america they don't actually lend their money um, for the life of the loan they get everything set up and then they sell off your your loan to somebody else and they just manage that they don't use their own money a portfolio loan would be going to like a credit union or a local bank in your your city that would actually hold the loan for themselves for the entire 30 years and that's part of their portfolio that's why it's called a portfolio loan done those two great ways to get properties blanket loans basically bundling them together but instead of having each property um, tied together a blanket loan over all the properties and then you could sell each one of those properties out individually and not disturb the loan of the entire um, uh, all the properties over that's underneath the blanket FHA loans and VA loans are also great ways that you can buy properties even if you have little to no money like I said I'd love to go into much more about different ways that you can and walk you through and all that sort of stuff but we don't have time so I'm not going to be able to do that but let me give you a pro tip no waiting period. So delayed financing, like I said, is absolutely terrific. You can take out 70 and sometimes 75% of the ARV. That's the after repair value. So after you buy the property and then you fix it up, let's say you buy it for $100,000 and you fix it up, you put $20,000 into it. Well, after it's done, it's worth $150,000 because of all the great money you put into it and all the great things you did to it to the property, then the bank's going to say, well, I'm going to let you take that new um, the new value, the after repair value, and I'll let you borrow 70% of that value. Well, what is normally done is you'd have to wait a long time. Now, um, with late financing, you don't have to wait. Now, you can also, like I said in a previous slide, you can add your closing costs, your rehab expenses, your first year's insurance, your inspections, your taxes, but the biggest thing, like I said, there's no waiting period. I know of an investor that he buys a property, fixes it up, gets it rented out, and then with delayed financing, within two months, has all of his money back out with the ARV. Now, like I said, the waiting period is normally banks require you to wait an entire year before you can use the new value of $150,000. You'd have to wait an entire year. With the ARV and delayed financing, you don't have to wait that long. You already show that the value is worth more, so you don't have to wait. So that's another pro tip. So you need to look for delayed financing. Step number two, rehab the property. And again, I'm just going to say this one more time. I can't go into every bit of this rehabbing the property. I'm just going to give you general ideas of how you could do it. If you want to learn more, you can go to my site. Um, I'll help you out as much as I can there too. So utilize contractors and property managers. The biggest thing, I love property managers. They do all the work while I go to Alaska and fish, or I go six weeks in Japan with my family, or six weeks all over Europe seeing 11 countries while they are doing the work making my making me money. But contractors on the same time, they're doing all the work for me. So save time, save your time. Time is the most precious thing that you could spend. And have a team of people working for you rehabbing the property. You want to make sure that other people are doing the work on the property and not you because your time is precious. Wouldn't you rather spend that with your family or doing, you know, working for charity, serving your church or doing something else like that? Of course, your time is the most valuable thing. So you want to find people that could be on your team, contractors, 
roofers, property managers, electricians, um, plumbers, all these sort of things. You, you need to have people on your team that would actually do all this work for you. You can relax while they're doing all the work. Now, a pro tip. I'm going to give you another pro tip. Get your crews ready. When you're going through the purchase, you want to make sure that you know what's going to need to be done to the property beforehand and have crews ready. So never have your property sitting idle. You want to don't want to buy a property and then wait two weeks before you start working on it. That's wasted money. That's money that could be going in your pocket because you have a tenant in there. So once you close, you should be fixing up the property the next day. You should you know, have your property manager and have them ready and say, okay, get to work. And the next day getting started because when your property sits idle, you're losing money. The shorter it takes, the, the rehab time, the more money you make because you can get a tenant in there sooner and start making passive income. Step Number three, rent the property. You know, you need to make sure that you get good tenants. Now, here's our, here are great ways that you can rent your properties or find tenants for your properties. A leasing agent. I've used leasing agents many times. Property managers. That's their main job is to make sure that they get tenants in there and they stay in there. Um, Zillow.com. You could put it up there for rent. Craigslist.org. You've used those many times. Um, Trulia.com, multiple listing service, the MLS. Um, you can go through there and list it for, for rent. Realtor.com, rentals.com. There are so many different ways now. And it's so much, it's so great being an investor today than it was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. These sites and these ways of finding tenants and finding properties and building your business has haven't been around. And so this is a great way for you to build up your business. Now, let's move on to a pro tip that I want to give you. Always run a background check. Now, I'm not saying that because we're on AAOA doing a webinar. I'm saying that because of my experience. I've lost so much money because I did not do background checks. I'll give you an example. Um, I decided to make... I made a decision to start doing background checks on everybody because I was tired of having evictions after um, you know two four two to four months. Now remember, these properties were seventeen thousand dollars, and so it's a really depressed economy there in this area that I buy in Ohio, and the tenants move out very quickly and easily. So if I have an eviction, it's going to cost me fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars to get it back and rent it again. That's a lot of money. Well, a thirty-five dollar background check saving me two thousand dollars. I will easily pay anybody $35 to get $2,000. So give you an example. Afterwards, after I decided to start doing background checks, I had a tenant that applied. On paper, the application, she looked fantastic. Had great income. Uh, I think she had a really, really good job. She's been there for years. She was living in her previous home for a very long time or renting the previous home for a very long time. No evictions, all that stuff. So on the application, fantastic. Well, I ran the background check and apparently she lied a, a little bit or a lot of it. She was actually evicted four times in the previous three years. And me thinking, well, you, I'm not going to be the fifth time in this three years. So I passed on her. So always, always do a background check because you want to know basically who you're getting in your property. This is somebody that's going to be hopefully taking care of your property for a very long time and you don't want to lose money. All right. Step number four refinance the property. Basically, get your money back the property. So refinance options. One would be a residential mortgage. Like if you you currently have one home or your, your private mortgage on your private residence, um, just refinance it and have cash out at the same time. Like don't you don't need a home equity loan. Just 
literally do a residential mortgage and have cash out on top of the balance of the loan. Next one would be home equity line of credit. We already went through a number of these. Um, home equity loan, delayed financing, a bundle loan, commercial loans, portfolio loans, using different creative ways to pull money out of your property. Basically getting your money back out so then you can recycle it and buy another property and blanket loans as well. I'm gonna give you another pro tip. Another pro tip is in order to find financing. So to, for finding financing, obviously you can you know, talk to investors if you could find them um, and if you can get them to give you money. But finding financing is like at a bank. What I suggest, and this is what I tell all my students, is search and like a Google, Bing, or whatever type of internet search, search for a mortgage broker in your state. It could be as easily like if you're in um, Iowa, you type in mortgage broker Iowa, and you'll get a bunch of listing for mortgage brokers or even go to zillow.com go to zillow.com and look for mortgage brokers on there basically find a property in that city or state that you want to buy and they'll give you a listing of all the different mortgage brokers you can go through now this is the big thing i want you to remember ask if he or she does these different financing options because they have the ability to figure out what type of problem might come up like if you have five properties already that three of them have mortgages on you need a fourth one and they're saying well you know you have this problem and this problem you want a mortgage broker to have options not just say well i can't get this uh, mortgage refinance for you and then be done but you want to see if they have worked with investors that have creative ways so delayed financing is one a home equity loan commercial loan bundle loans or blanket loans you want to ask them if they've had experience doing these things if they have, they've probably worked with investors in the past and they have means to get you the money even though one avenue may be blocked. Now, moving on, step number five, repeat the entire process. I've done it many, many times where I've taken that $17,000 that I first, my $17,000 in cash that I bought my very, very first property. I've recycled that over and over. And now, like I said, I have 34 properties. Now, what is great is you can recycle your money over and over and over again. And up to me now having 34 properties. And if you continue in that process, you can prop buy properties like this. Remember, I had $17,000 in cash that I bought my very first property. Well, here's a property that I bought in Houston, Texas. Like I was telling you, this property had a problem with a septic system. And so the seller was having trouble selling it. And Nobody could buy it because mortgages would not be given by banks because it was uninhabitable because the septic system was broken. So I talked him down. He was originally asking like 190. I got him down to 151 thousand dollars. So I bought it for 150 thousand 151 thousand dollars cash, and then refinanced and pulled out 180 thousand dollars on top of the the money that I pulled out. I pulled on out 29 thousand dollars on top of that to invest more, basically um, to invest more, but also to uh, pay back myself for putting a septic system and fixing up the property. That that was basically all of my rehab costs. I included all my closing costs, taxes, all that sort of, sort of stuff. Added that in there and I was able to pull out $180,000. So if you continue this process, you can get up to where you are able to buy properties like this. As well as now, like I said, I have 34 properties, but only four of them have mortgages on them. I've been able to pay off all the other mortgages because of the cash flow that comes in. So let's quickly recap. The BRRRR process is, and the strategy is, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and then repeat recycle that money 
over and over again. Don't stop. Keep doing it. And as you do that, you're going to be growing your business. You're becoming more successful having passive income coming in to where eventually you won't need to work. You won't need a job. You'll be able just to live off of the income coming in from your properties. And that was the webinar where I talked all about the five steps to increase passive income. All right, guys, I appreciate you. Remember, go over to my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 025, where you can see the entire webinar with the slides and the questions and answers and everything in there. And don't forget, if you would help me out, subscribe to my show. Really, really helps me out. Gets other people to see that they can change their lives with the real estate rental properties. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Get out there and start investing. Start looking for properties. Start making deals and get your life changed with real estate rental properties. All right, guys, see you on the flip side.